Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. And the title of the message today is, Tomorrow is in God's Hands. Tomorrow is in God's Hands. Based on the scripture, James chapter 4, 13 through 16. Mankind has always demonstrated an almost insatiable desire to know the future. Psychics in this country rake in millions of dollars annually because people want to know what the future holds. Probably every major newspaper in this country runs a daily horoscope for its readers. Even Christians are fascinated by a desire to know what the future holds. Dr. Dwight Pentecost, who uh, during his career was a faculty member at Dallas Theological Seminary, stated that when he spoke on subjects other than prophecy, the attendance at his meetings was greatly diminished. Now, this is not surprising when you consider how much time and effort we spend trying to predict the future. The weatherman has his seven or ten day forecast. The talking heads on television make their predictions about the political elections and the outcomes of our sporting events. In fact, the, new, the NFL season has not even begun, but you can buy magazines that predict who is going to win the Super Bowl. But nobody knows. A lot of things can, can change in spite of what they may think about a particular team. So none of us knows for sure what will happen tomorrow, let alone what will happen tonight. Cynics and saints alike agree that life is uncertain. We are here today and gone tomorrow. And in fact, we are here today and gone today. September 11th, 2001 is an ever-present reminder of this truth. No one who boarded those planes or who went into those towers that beautiful morning had any idea that they would die that day. All of them had plans for the day and for later that night or next, the next weekend or the next year. A small or John F. Kennedy Jr. was a handsome, talented 38-year-old who had been born into wealth and opportunity. He had a promising future, but the news on July 6, 1999 seemed inconceivable and yet somehow deadly familiar. A small private plane piloted by John and carrying his wife and and sister-in-law was on its way from New Jersey to Martha's Vineyard and then would continue 
up to the Kennedy compound in Hyannisport for a family wedding. No one on that plane had any idea that they would not live to attend that wedding. Now I could go on for hours with example after example, especially during this time of terrorism. But um, you get the point. Life is so uncertain that we ought to give praise and thanks to God every day that we are alive. It has been said, any day that you wake up above ground is a good day. Uh, in fact, I heard a, a reviled preacher some years ago said with um, some humor that it was his practice each morning when he got out of bed to get the newspaper, open it up at the obituary page, look to see if his name was there. And if his name was not there, then he says, says to himself, this is going to be a good day. And he starts praising God. But beyond the humor, we get the point. The events of September 11, more than any other in our lifetime, brought us face to face with our own mortality. A doctor called one of his patients into his office to deliver some very important news. I have received the results of your test and I have some bad news and some good news, said the doctor. The patient was quiet for a moment, sensing the severity of the announcement. Let me have the good news first, doc, said the patient. And the doctor took a deep breath and said, you only have 24 hours to live. Oh my goodness, shouted the patient. If that's the good news, what could the bad news be? And the doctor replied, I was supposed to tell you yesterday. <laughs> Most of us simply have no concept of a world without us. And yet each second the clock ticks is one less second we have to live. How many of us consider the fact that tomorrow is not ours? Today, this present moment is the only time we can speak of with certainty. And this is what James is getting at. So in today's scripture, James is making two essential points, which I'd like us to look at for a moment. The first point is, do not presume on the events of life. Do not presume on the events of life. James 4 and verse 13 says, Now listen, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Now James uses a situation very familiar to his readers. It is the analogy of a Jewish merchant who uh, makes plans to go to another city to spend a year there buying and selling and then returning home 
with a lot of money. Sounds like a good deal. It's a good, a good plan, isn't it? The merchant presumes that his plans are his to make without consulting God and that he will be alive and in good health to carry out his plans. The simple fact is that none of us as human beings have control over the events of the future. We do not know what will happen tomorrow. Yet we plan our lives as if the future belonged to us. The scriptures and experience teach us that to presume on the future is not wise. Solomon in Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 1 says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. We talk about our plans as if we know exactly what is going to happen tomorrow. And most of us do this with little, if any, thought about God and God's will for our lives. Now, this is one of the main reasons why so many people are uptight and unhappy in their lives. You see, they plan their lives without God only to find that their lives are at a dead end. Something happened that they had not factored in their plans, such as the death of a loved one, economic recession, unemployment, or major illness, and they are devastated. God expects us to plan, and to plan wisely for our future needs, as he tells us in Proverbs chapter 21 and verse, uh, verse 5, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. You see, God does not want us to plan without counseling with him, without talking to him about our plans. Proverbs 16.3 says, Commit your work to the Lord, and then your plans will succeed. God does not want us to plan as if we were uh, in control of the events of life. He wants us to recognize our dependence on him and to trust him with our lives and with our plans. As Proverbs 16 and verse 9 says, We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Unfortunately, many people, Christians among them, live their lives as practical atheists, never talking to God unless they are in trouble or unless they want something badly. They live their lives to suit themselves. They then come life's disasters, death, disease, financial failure, divorce, and trials and tribulations of one kind or another. The props fall down under their little kingdom. Their well-organized lives and plans fall apart, and like Humpty Dumpty, no one can put the broken pieces together again. And then what do they do? If they are wise, they will turn to the God of their ancestors, or to the God whom they once trusted when they were young in church and in Sunday school, and they will find that God is still there and he is still willing to help them. 
What a difference it makes when we know that our lives are in God's hands. How wonderful it is to know that both today and tomorrow are in the hands of an almighty God. The only place to find security, true and lasting security, is in God. We can't find it in work, for work is only good for us as long as we have it. We can't find it in family and friends, for they too will pass away one of these days. We can't find it in the things we possess, because they too are fleeting. Everything we turn to for security can be taken from us completely, except God and faith in him. We turn to God for our security amidst the changing circumstances of life, for he alone has the power to help us. So that is the first point, do not presume on the events of life. And then the second point that James would have us understand is that we should not presume on life itself. Do not presume on life itself. James 4 and verse 14. What do you know about tomorrow? How can you be so sure about your life? It is nothing more than mist that appears for only a little while before it disappears. And then look at... uh, some of the other scriptures. Uh, Psalm 144 and verse 4. For we are like a breath of air. Our days are like a passing shadow. And Job, Job 14 and verses 1 and 2. How frail is humanity. How short is life. And how full of trouble. Like a flower, we blossom for a moment and then wither. Like the shadow of a passing cloud, we quickly disappear. And then Psalm 39 and verse 5. My life is no longer than the width of my hand. An entire lifetime is just a moment to you. Human existence is but a breath. So the unmistakable testimony of the scriptures is that none of us knows whether we will be alive when the light of a new day dawns. Our lives are like the morning mist, a wisp of cloud, a puff of smoke that appears for a brief period and then it is gone. There is no certainty that tomorrow we will be alive. The only person whom God ever called a fool, as far as we can tell in the Bible, was a wealthy, secure farmer. And Jesus tells a story, which is recorded for us in Luke chapter 12, 16 through 20. And he gave an illustration. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. In fact, his barns were full to overflowing. So he said, I know, I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store everything. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, 
Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get it all? Such a person may be a wise planner, a successful moneymaker in the eyes of the world, but God calls him a fool. So the question is, would the rich fool have planned differently if he knew he was going to die? Perhaps. Would it have been different if he had prayed to God about what to do with the extra crops, recognizing that God was the one who was in control? So brothers and sisters, we are dying men and women, and we do not know at what moment our earthly pilgrimage will end. You may have read or heard this poem, which goes like this. The clock of life is wound but once, and no man has the power to tell just when the hands will stop at a late or early hour. To lose one's wealth is sad indeed. To lose one's health is more. To lose one's soul is such a loss as no one can restore. Now, it is said that on the average, 39 people will die in the time it took to repeat this poem. Every hour, some 6,000 people go to meet their maker. I could have been one of them, and you could have been one of them, and sooner or later we will be. Tomorrow may dawn for us, or it may not. If it does, we do not know what divine providence has in store for us, what change of circumstances, what turn of events. Note what James says in verses 15 and 16. You should say, if the Lord lets us live, we will do these things. Yet you are stupid enough to brag and it is wrong to be so proud. The fact of life's uncertainty and our ignorance of what the future holds should move us to commit our plans to the Lord and to seek his will. I read some place of a man who was walking past a field of a familiar, uh, of, a, of a farmer uh, with a cow on a, on a rope. The farmer said, hey, mister, where are you going with that cow? The man replies, I'm taking it to town to sell it. The farmer says, you mean if the Lord's will, you are. The man says, well, it's my cow, and I reckon I can do anything I please. I, 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 it, I, it's not the Lord's business, so I don't have to consult him in what I'm doing. A short time later, the farmer looks up and sees the man coming back the other way, bloody and beaten up. What happened to you, the farmer asked. Oh, just down the road, three guys jumped out of the bushes, stole my cow, beat me up, and left me for dead. And the farmer said, oh no, what are you going to do now? 
And the man responded, I'm going to go home to clean up myself, if it is the Lord's will. (laughs) So we are not to plan without God. Taking our plans to the Lord would eliminate a lot of worry. It would put an end to a lot of frustration. It would avoid so many sleepless nights and would relieve us of a lot of personal stress and strain. As a believer in Christ, I should make no plans without seeking the will of God first. You see, to be a Christian is to acknowledge that my life is not my own. It belongs to Jesus who died on the cross for me. He purchased my salvation. That means I have no right making plans for my life which now belongs to Christ without consulting him. We must consider God's will for our lives, whatever may be our situation. Life for the Christian is not a game of chance, nor are its issues decided with the flip of a coin. God has a plan and a purpose for each of us who come to know him, who have placed our faith in his son Jesus Christ. So we cannot afford to make decisions independent of him, even though all of us do from time to time. So the question I would put to to you is, what if tomorrow does not come? Where will you be? What if tomorrow doesn't come? Will you have any regrets? What if tomorrow doesn't come? How will you face Almighty God? What if tomorrow doesn't come? Will you, will your family have the peace and assurance of knowing that you are with Christ in heaven? What if tomorrow doesn't come? Are you completely satisfied with your relationship with God? And if you know for certain that tomorrow wouldn't come, could you go home tonight and and go to bed and go to sleep without any fear or reservation? Or would you spend the night weeping and praying and seeking God and repenting of your sins and asking for forgiveness? For somebody listening to me today, tomorrow may never come. As far as God is concerned, now is the time to trust in Christ, to reach out to him, to put your your complete faith in him, to believe his word, to seek his face in prayer, to stand upon his promises and to yield to his spirit. Tomorrow is not ours. A decision to accept Christ cannot wait for a more convenient time. Now is always the time to make a decision. There are times when even a single moment carries the weight of eternity in it. And if we fail to take advantage of the privileges offered, then we may never have another opportunity. Now is the only time that we really have. Yesterday can never be recalled, and tomorrow may never get here. We never know for sure about tomorrow, but we have assurance only of today 
We never know which step will be our last step. We never know when our heart will beat its last beat. We never know when which handshake will be our last handshake. We never know when God is going to call us to come home. Therefore, if there is someone here who needs to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, let me encourage you that now is the, is the time. Now, while you're still alive, now while you still have time, now while you are still able to do so, now while the spirit is still moving, while your heart is still tender, and while you still have breath, while you know you should, and while you feel the tug of the spirit on your heart. So don't delay if God is calling you to do something. If God is calling you to accept his son Jesus Christ, or calling you to be obedient to him in a particular area, don't delay. Don't excuse yourself. Don't procrastinate, but do it now. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 10.45 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 10.30 for another inspiring message of hope and faith.